also Joel, uh, and I'm the minister here at St. Stephen's Church, and it's lovely to, to see you all this morning. Uh, if you do have a Bible, uh, grab, grab it, uh, and if you've got a church Bible, uh, we're going to be on page uh, 1140, page 1140 in the church Bibles, uh, and I'll, I'll read that in a, in a while, but uh, turn to that page, that'd be great. If you, if you don't have a church Bible, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, why don't we pray, and then we'll uh, think about uh, this question that we're asking this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the chance to be here this morning, and thank you for the reminder that we've just sung, uh, that you are a great God. And be with us now as we uh, think about this question, is Jesus worth it? Uh, please help us to see Jesus more clearly as a result, uh, and we pray this in his name. Amen. There's a common question that uh, comes up in our lives from time to time, and the question is, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Uh, whether it comes to the things we buy, the groceries, our clothes, uh, our appliances, maybe our homes or, or cars, we all ask this question, is it worth it? And we also ask it of, of the things that we give our time to, our careers, our hobbies, uh, our regular commitments, we even ask it of the, the people we give our time to. Is it worth it? Are they worth it? Uh, and we will all answer this question differently. Uh, there are different things that are important to each of us that will determine how we answer whether or not something is worth it. Uh, you and I could look at the exact same thing, and for one of us we would say, yep, it's completely worth it. For the other, we'd say, no, it's a waste of time. Uh, now, some things in life will be worth it. Uh, when uh, my wife and I were living overseas, we bought a little Toyota Starlet. Uh, a lovely uh, older couple sold it to us for $500 because they heard that our car had been giving us problems. And that car was, was most definitely worth it. It was cheap, uh, it was used a lot, and it was reliable. But there are other things in life that, that aren't worth it. Uh, take, for example, those things we buy with the, the best of intentions uh, that we don't end up using. Uh, maybe things like exercise equipment or, or gardening tools that are just sitting there in the garage gathering dust. Well, this morning we, we are asking this question of Jesus. Is Jesus worth it? Is he worth our time? Is he worth our thoughts? Is he worth looking into? Uh, is he worth following? Is Jesus worth it? And I'm, sure, I'm not sure how you would answer that question, but I suspect that, that many people in this room, uh, whether you'd call yourself a Christian or not, will have asked that question at some point in your life. Uh, it's a very personal question for a lot of us. Uh, I can remember a time, uh, probably a couple of years after I uh, became a Christian, I think I was about 21 at that time, uh, where I seriously questioned whether Jesus was worth it. Uh, because at that stage of life, I, I felt like living for Jesus meant missing out on a lot of good things. And that made me question, uh, question whether living for Jesus was worth it. And maybe you've had uh, times in your life where you've asked a similar question. Uh, you've seen the way your friends or, or your neighbours are living uh, and you get envious of them. Life sure looks a, a, a lot more luxurious and easier. Or you, you, Maybe you see them taking the boat out every weekend. Uh, maybe they're doing things that you've always wanted to do. Travelling the world, seeing the sights. And perhaps following Jesus is a, a lot harder than you imagined it would be. And so you've found yourself asking, is Jesus really worth it? 
Uh, we're going to be thinking about that question this morning, and in order to answer it, we're going to be looking at just, just one verse in the Bible. Uh, normally we look at bigger sections of the Bible and, and we go through bit by bit, uh, and that's a really great thing to do because that way we, we see God sets the agenda, uh, it, it's His Word to us, and so we cover the things that He sees as important. And we've been doing that recently as a church. Uh, Joel mentioned that we've been going through this book of the Bible called 1 Corinthians, which uh, is where our verse is from this morning. Uh, but, but sometimes it's good to, to slow down and to take particular notice of uh, certain parts and, and to recognize the, the richness of what is there, the, the timeless truths that it teaches us about God and about ourselves. And that's what we're doing today as we, as we look at this one verse. Uh, so the verse is 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 58, page 1140, uh, and this is what it says. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And uh, as my wife reminded me this week, it's not the most obvious verse to turn to when answering the question, is Jesus worth it? Uh, but it is a helpful verse, uh, and I've been uh, seeing and I've been praying that God would show us that this morning. Uh, and just as important as the verse itself is the person who wrote the verse, uh, a man named Paul who was writing to a church, and he's writing to men and women. It does say at the start, my dear brothers, uh, which was the type of language that they used back then, but it means brothers and sisters. Uh, a bit like when we say, or people say, mankind, they're referring to both men and women. Uh, and Paul was uh, a really sharp guy. He's written something like 13 out of the 66 books that we, we find in our Bibles, uh, Paul was from a place called Tarsus, uh, which was a, a city with people from uh, many different countries. Uh, it was a place with diverse ideas, and, and Paul was a, a student. He, he studied God's law. He was under a, a famous rabbi at the time named uh, Gamaliel, and he was also a, a very practical guy. He, he was the original tradie. He was a, a tent maker. But there's one thing that, that really defined Paul at this stage of his life. He was a guy who really hated Christians. He despised Christians. He, he saw them as outcasts who needed correction. And if you were a Christian in the, of the first century uh, and you happened to come across Paul, you would have been absolutely terrified. He was vicious in the way that he persecuted Christians. He was intent on uh, trying to destroy uh, Christianity, anything to do with Jesus. Uh, because, because of Paul, there were families that had been ripped apart. Uh, people who were persecuted and imprisoned, uh, some people lost their lives uh, as a result of uh, the persecution of him and, and others like him. So how does a man go from hating Christians to becoming a Christian and, and telling others that Jesus is worth it? Well, in short, Paul met Jesus. Uh, he met Jesus after he had died and, and was raised and he realized that everything that he had heard about Jesus was true. Everything that these people he had been terrorizing, uh, what they had said was actually true. And that encounter with Jesus would change his life forever. Uh, I bumped into someone the other day who I, I hadn't seen for about 20 years, which is a fair amount of time. And uh, we, we got chatting and it was nice to hear how he was going. He, he had recently uh, moved down to Christchurch. And he asked me what I was doing these days, and I explained that I work at a church. And uh, the look on his face was, uh, was priceless. He sort of froze, and he said, oh, 
and uh, he didn't know where to go from there, which was very amusing for me. I kind of left it for a bit. Uh, we knew each other in, a, in another lifetime, and so in some ways it, it, uh, his surprise wasn't unexpected. Now, I mention uh, Paul's past life because I imagine when, when some of Paul's old colleagues learned, about, uh, learned that this guy Paul, this guy who had persecuted many, had become a follower of Jesus, they would have been absolutely shocked. Uh, some schools do, do those yearbooks at the end of the year and, th- and they have awards least likely to do this or, or most likely to achieve that. And if Paul was going to get an award, it would surely have been uh, the award for least likely to become a Christian. But Jesus changed the path of his life. Uh, and it's quite the contrast from who he was to who he became after that point. Not many would have picked where Paul would have ended up. Uh, and I point those things out about Paul because I think it helps us see the significance of, of what he's saying in this verse. These aren't just theoretical words that he hopes might happen. Uh, these are the words of a man who was once very sceptical about Jesus, but who came to trust Jesus. And he tells us wholeheartedly that Jesus is worth it. Now, as we think about why Jesus is worth it, Paul offers two reasons uh, why he is worth it. Uh, firstly, Paul says... Jesus offers us stability in life. Uh, did you notice at the very start of the verse, it says, therefore. Uh, and any time it says that, you, you're going to want to know what comes before it. Uh, and if you've got a Bible, you can probably skim through it. Uh, in this case, Paul has spent a whole chapter reminding the Corinthians about the resurrection of Jesus. Now, something that Joel reminded us of earlier. Jesus died for our sins and was raised from the dead. And Paul reminds the Corinthians that one day... All those who follow Jesus will also be raised. In other words, this life is not the end for someone who follows Jesus. Death is not the end. Jesus promises this this future beyond death. And that means a life following Jesus offers stability. That's why Paul can say, stand firm, let nothing move you. Now in order to stand firm on something, you you need your feet Uh, on the ground and that means you need a solid foundation. Uh, Have you ever tried standing firmly uh, in place on a a trampoline when someone else is is jumping on the trampoline next to you? Uh, It's basically impossible. The foundation isn't firm and that means means that you get bounced around, double bounce if you're particularly unlucky and you go flying. But a solid foundation allows you to stand firmly in place. And for Paul and for all of us, that foundation must be Jesus. See, without Jesus, there is no hope beyond this life. And that means we have nothing to stand on, no stability. Now, along with standing firm, Paul also says, let nothing move you. And again, the idea here is stability. Uh, These people, the the Corinthians, who Paul was writing to, they had been lacking that. Uh, It's like there was a, a strong wind blowing through, and the Corinthians had been blown around all over the show moved from, from one line of thinking to the next, and they started to doubt that uh, they had a future uh, with God. Uh, they, they started to doubt God's promises to his people. Every time they'd hear a new idea, they'd, they'd jump on it. And like many of us, they had been trying to figure out what, what life is all about. And Paul says to them, you need stability. And Jesus is the only place we will find that. Don't let anyone move you or anything move you away from him. Now, there are two things in this world that are are always trying to take away uh, the stability that we need. 
And those two things are sin and death. Uh, and by sin, I, I simply mean our, our rejection of God, that we reject God in our, our thoughts, in our actions, in our words. Uh, sometimes we do it intentionally. Other times we do it without even realizing it. And it destroys any chance of, of a relationship with the God who made us. Sin ruins our, our other relationships as well. Uh, and, and I'm sure many of you have experienced that, uh, friction in, in relationships with people we know, people we love. Now, the Bible tells us that the consequence of our sin is death. And death in this world ha has the ability to completely mess up our lives. Sin and death can, can shake up even the most stable-looking lives. But Jesus overcame both of them when he died that terrible death on the cross. And when we turn to Jesus, we find stability. He has dealt with sin and death. He offers us hope beyond this life. So Jesus offers stability. And secondly, Jesus offers purpose. Uh, the second part of that verse says, Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Uh, I think a number of us worry about uh, the legacy we will leave behind when we leave this world. Uh, someone lent me a book a while back called Legacy. Uh, it's a book about the All Blacks and, and how they became one of the most uh, successful sporting teams in history and, and how they've gone about building something that will last beyond them. And I think that's something that, that resonates with a lot of us, wanting, wanting to leave behind a legacy, wanting our lives to be worthwhile. None of us want to get to the end and come to the realisation that we've wasted our lives. And Paul is saying, anything you do with Jesus, it will last, even if it's later on in life, like it was for him. But the flip side of that, if you're living your life and you come to the conclusion that Jesus isn't worth it, well, you might just find that much of your life will have been in vain. And I realize that that, that might uh, sound quite harsh. Someone might say, if, if I live my life without Jesus, is it really in vain? Because this world is, is full of people who do that and people who have done brilliant things without Jesus. How, how can you say that anything done without Jesus is in vain? And the answer is that uh, life without Jesus means that death is the end. All that time we've, we've spent uh, building up things in, in this life, our wealth, our possessions, our reputations, if it's built apart from Jesus, it will come to nothing. But Jesus offers more. He says, build not only for this life, but also for the life to come. Build on the, the firm foundation that I give you, and you will never build in vain. And what about you? Uh, I wonder what legacy you would leave behind if you were to die uh, very soon. Is your life's work going to be in vain? Or are you investing in things that will actually last? Uh, one way to answer that question honestly is, is to think about how, uh, how someone who, who knows you well would answer it for you. Would they see someone who's uh, living for work, for the paycheck, so that you can spend your money doing the, the things that you enjoy? or someone living for reputation, uh, someone worried about what everyone else thinks? Will they see someone living for pleasure? Or will they see someone uh, living for their children or for their parents? Or will they see someone living for Jesus, the one who is worth it? Uh, he's the one who gives us true purpose in this life. But sometimes we're, we're left with a feeling 
Uh, and I'm sure many of you will have experienced this, that, uh, that life feels like it's in vain. Uh, life has been harder for us, uh, and maybe it's been harder when we've followed Jesus. Maybe we've suffered, or we know people who have suffered. Or maybe we've missed out on opportunities because, uh, because people know we are Christians. How, how can we say in those moments that Jesus is worth it? Uh, there's a guy who tried to create a system to work out if, if things are worth it in life, and, and he's got three areas that he thinks about. Uh, firstly, he, he thinks in terms of usefulness, and, and he asks questions like, how useful is it? How often do you use it? Uh, does it last for a long time? Uh, secondly, enjoyment. Does this thing bring you some sort of enjoyment or, or happiness? And lastly, value. Whether it costs you a little or, or it costs you a lot, is it something that you value? Now, those three things, usefulness, enjoyment, and value, are, are his basis for working out whether anything in life is worth it. Uh, and while that kind of system will, will work well in, in some cases, I'm sure, it will only work it with Jesus if, if we know what he has done for us. Uh, people in relationships argue from time to time, so I'm told, and uh, a common thing that we do, we, we point out all the things that, that aren't being done. We might tell our spouse, you know, that's not being done, this isn't being done, you haven't done this, uh, without acknowledging the many things that are being done. People, people know that feeling. Uh, and and we, can, we can be a bit like that with Jesus at times, only focusing on those things that, that he's not doing, that we want him to do, uh, but we shouldn't overlook what he's already done for us. Dying the death that uh, we deserve on the cross so that we might live the life that he has called us to live. Uh, if someone was to give up their life to save yours, imagine, imagine you left here and there was an accident and, and someone gave their life to save yours. I imagine that you would be forever grateful. Well, of course, that is what Jesus has already done for us. He, he died for our sins so that we might have this relationship with God now and a certain future in heaven. And we should never forget that when we're asking that question, is Jesus worth it? And when we do that, we'll see that Jesus is, is useful because not only has he prepared a place for us in heaven and brought us into God's family, but he's also with us in, in all things. All the things that we go through in life, all the highs, all the lows, he is with us. Even in those moments where we, we question whether uh, life is worth it. When it comes to enjoyment, followers of Jesus won't always be happy. There are some things in life that are incredibly sad and there are, there are periods in life where, where we go through uh, things like depression, uh, where, where there is immense sadness. But what Jesus does bring us is a deep sense of joy, the kind of joy that comforts us even through the, the toughest of situations, a joy that this world could never offer us. When it comes to value, on one hand, uh, following Jesus costs us nothing. He pays, he pays the price that we couldn't pay by laying down his life, by dying for us, uh, and we get the benefits. On the other hand, it, it costs us everything. Jesus says, whoever uh, gives his life for me will gain it, but whoever tries to keep his life will lose it. Now, people might say that it's a, a terrible idea living a life for Jesus. But if we uh, look for ourselves, if we look into it ourselves, we begin to see that Jesus is worth it. And that means that anything you do in this life as you follow Jesus is worthwhile. As you work, as you study, uh, as you spend time with your family, as you raise kids, 
as you care for others, as you take steps to, to make Jesus known to others. It will never be in vain. Even when it doesn't feel like it's worthwhile, even when you might be treated as an outcast, uh, following Jesus is worth it. Uh, there was a missionary named Jim Elliot, who I've mentioned in the past, and you, I'm sure you would have heard of, some of you. Uh, he was a man who had worked out that Jesus is worth it. Uh, he once said these words, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He's no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Uh, he realized early on that there's no point holding on to the things uh, in this life too tightly because they won't be any, of you, uh, any use to us in the life to come. We will all leave this world one day and, and everything we've built up, everything we've accumulated, we will leave behind. But if we've made a priority of the things that, that God makes a priority of, the things that God sees as important, uh, things that concern not only this life but the life to come, that is a life well lived. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Uh, Jim Elliot was murdered in Ecuador by, by the very people who went to uh, tell about Jesus. Uh, and it may seem like a life wasted, but if we live our lives for Jesus, there is value in that. It, it won't be in vain because he is worth it. Uh, we are gaining a future that we can never lose. That's something that Jim Elliot gained. Uh, when I was uh, studying, there, there were some courses you did for credit and, and some you did because you just wanted to do them or, or the, more like the university wanted you to do them. Uh, but they weren't assessed. And, and the way I kind of read into that was there were some courses that you, you had to be at and others that were optional. And all you had to know was, is this course essential? Are there exams for this or something along those lines? Now, when it comes to Jesus, uh, our response to him is essential. Our response to him is something that we'll all have to give an account for. Uh, and that means we, we shouldn't put off looking into him, uh, seeing uh, what he has to say for ourselves. Uh, and it may be you're here this morning and you've never taken much time to work out who this man Jesus really is. Uh, now is, is the best time to start. And there are a few ways you can do that. Uh, one might be to read the Bible with the, the person you uh, came along with this morning or, or come and chat to me or, or one of the other staff about uh, what you can do to learn more. Uh, we've got these little booklets which you can grab. It's called Two Ways to Live, uh, which tell, tell you a very simple but uh, clear summary of what it looks like to follow Jesus. Uh, another thing you can do is uh, come along to our Hope Explored course, uh, which starts uh, not, not tomorrow but the following Monday evening. And it's a, a simple three-week course, uh, just three evenings, uh, looking at the hope that Jesus brings and, and helping us to live lives that are not in vain. Uh, there are some cards out in the foyer, these yellow cards. Please do grab one and it's got all the, the details uh, on that. Now, you may be someone here this morning who, who's actually been in church before uh, and maybe uh, you've been many times. Uh, and maybe once upon a time you had more stability in your faith in Jesus. Uh, but perhaps you need to recommit yourself to God. Uh, because Jesus is a man who is, is worth getting to know, a man worth listening to, a man worth following, and a man worth sticking with. Uh, and maybe you've, you've stopped sticking with him. Maybe now's the time to uh, reconsider where you're at with him. He is a man who is absolutely worth it. Uh, so I pray that we would all see that. Amen.